Come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another episode of Rotten Reviews. Um, this uh, episode, we are discussing the 1985 horror comedy House. Um, it's got 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I'm saying 1985. But it's also, it comes up in 1985 and 1986, so I'm not sure which one's the proper one. A lot of the ones I see say 1986, but on Google itself it's saying 1985. I have no goddamn idea. It's between one of those two years, so we'll just go with it. Um, so the movie starts out with some nice intro music. As always, it's something I really like in horror movies. Uh, they, it has like a nice subtle music that just slowly builds up. Um... This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone. Daddy? <laughs> No one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. Leave while you can. No! It has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. We see this delivery boy. Uh, we don't even get his name. Other than he's just a delivery guy um, who's delivering some uh, groceries. Uh, and then we have this nice wide pan shot. We see the full front view of the house. It's a very uh, gothic-looking house, but it has like a nice, I think, blue paint with white trim. Um, he's knocking on the door, but no one's answering. Uh, he's delivering groceries for Mrs. Hooper. But she's not answering the door, of course. Uh, so he goes inside to drop off the groceries anyways. And he's just like, you know, I'll catch you next time. Um, 
just talking out loud. Um, then he hears a noise, so he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go upstairs and check. Uh, he's upstairs checking, looking around. Uh, he, he doesn't see anything. And then he finally goes into this other room, which is actually her bedroom. And next thing we know, we see her hanging from the ceiling. She killed herself. Uh, then we see our main actor, Roger, at the funeral for Miss Hooper. Uh, we couldn't find out that she was his aunt. Um, then we cut from that. Uh, we see him at a signing event. Uh, we find out he's an author. He's a very well-known author. Uh, he has a big fan base of a very uh, unique bunch of people who like his his novels. There's some you know, nice dressed people. There's some nerd people. There's a goth girl. And it's just a very ex eccentric group of fans that like his novels. Um, we also find out that he is newly divorced. Uh, he was dating a movie star, and they've both, you know, gone their separate ways. And since then, he's also in a slump for writing his newest book. Um, Roger, then, we see him sitting in his, uh, his house or his apartment, and he's, you know, trying to trying to write, write his book on the computer and nothing's working out and then a, a phone call comes in and it's his ex so he turns up his radio his stereo system and pretends that he's having all his buddies over and they're having a poke, poker party but really he's just lonely sitting alone in his apartment with no one around um I definitely tell Roger and his ex Sandy they clearly have feelings still for each other uh just by the way they're talking to each other on the phone and um Roger kind of is just like you know I get going holding up the poker game and then they say their goodbyes and then he tries to talk to her again but she's already hung up the phone um she's calling from i think like a awarded ceremony where she didn't win anything but she wanted to call on just to see how he's doing and everything and then we have uh roger who's having a this daydream or bad dream um it's him i think it's him playing as a kid uh it's as aunt i think as aunt's house uh, I believe everything's centered around the house. Anyways, um, but it's him playing, and then we just see the zombie hand come out of the ground. Um, the next day, he's packing up his stuff and decides he's going to go stay at his uh, late aunt's house. Uh, while walking around the house with the realtor, uh, we find out that Roger's aunt actually raised him because his mother died. And after that point, the aunt is the one that raised him. I don't, I'm not really sure how young he was when she died. I don't think they mentioned that at all, but... His aunt was definitely the mother figure in his life for a very long time, clearly. Uh, we then see Roger trimming some hedges outside around the house, and he's looking for some kid named Jimmy, uh, who was just, you know, near him playing on the playing on the grass. Uh, next thing we know, we see the kid kind of struggling in the pool, and Roger jumps in, but he can't find him anywhere. Uh, we come to find out that that was actually Roger's and Sandy's son, and he's gone missing the whole time. Um, and then with that being said, um, we then cut back to them in the garage, uh, like Roger and the realtor, realtor agent are in the garage looking around and the realtor's like, you know what, you know, these people could use this garage and live inside it and rent out the house. It'd be a good profitable thing. Yada, yada, yada. And he's asking about what happened to his uncle because I guess his uncle was his big fisherman. Uh, the realtor's also got a spear gun in hand and accidentally shoots it directly facing um, Roger, which almost impales him. It literally goes not even a foot away from his face. And the, the realtor agent's just like, oh, all right, it happened. Like, oh, yeah, it, it just happened. Just an accident. Just totally just an accident. No big deal. No big deal at all. 
Uh, you know, you just almost impaled me with a spear gun, but that's fine. Uh, then we have another flashback to Roger and Sandy talking to the police. Um, the police don't believe that Jimmy, the son, was inside the pool at any point in time. And that's when the aunt uh, speaks up, which makes Sandy very, you know, she's already upset and pisses her off anymore now. But the, the aunt's like, the house did it. The house took Jimmy and the house is cursed. Um, clearly, uh, there's some there's some issues with this house. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's more in the other movies of maybe a backstory between the aunt and the house. Uh, maybe some prequels. I don't really know. Um, I, like I said, I've watched the original one a lot. I don't think I've watched the other ones, though, in the, in the series at all. And then we have a flashing back to the... Uh, reality and Roger tells the, his realtor that uh, you know what well, I've decided I'm not going to sell the house because apparently the aunt gave Roger the house in the will it, I'm assuming that's how it works and uh, he's like you know what? I'm not going to sell it because the whole time while looking around the house the realtor is like yeah we're going to have an auction sale we're going to get a bunch of money for all this stuff because a lot of this stuff is old we're going to get rich blah blah but no that's not the plan anymore while in the house later that evening, uh, Roger thinks he's uh, hearing someone or something upstairs. He, of course, goes upstairs to check check it out. He, he's walking in a couple rooms and doesn't see anything. And then he walks into his aunt's bedroom, and that's when he actually sees her alive again. And she's talking to him, and she's like, the house tricked me. The house made me kill myself. And she's, like, getting ready to walk up on the stool to hang herself again. And she's like, the house is going to trick you as well. And then as soon as she goes to, like put her head in the noose Roger runs over to try and stop her but she's actually not there the house makes you see things that aren't actually there and Elizabeth it won Roger tricked me. I didn't think it could, but it did. What? I'm going to trick you too, Roger. This house knows everything about you. Leave while you can. No! Which, um... I think when I talked about quickly in the last episode, I thought the house had like doors that lead to portals. Is actually the m the main thing is actually the mirror and the vanity and the washroom. Um, the closet, of course, has a monster, and you know the front door later on will lead to this portal that actually is just a cliff, uh, which is always fun because that's something you want to do when. You know, you're walking out your front door and you almost fall fall down a rocky cliff. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit on that one. Uh, the next morning, Roger's getting ready to take out the garbage. So there's a, the dog eating out the garbage, which is actually his next-door neighbor, neighbor's dog, because we see him walking it later on. Um, but yeah, his next-door neighbor is Harold. Um, Harold, like, you know, seems like a nice guy. Um, he starts bad-mouthing uh, Roger's aunt, though. Like saying how crazy she was and how she was a bitch and this and that, and then Roger's like, "Yeah, she was my aunt." And then Harold completely does a one eighty. Like, yeah, she was a lovely lady. She was always kind, sweet, caring. You know, she's a great person. And uh, yeah, you know, he just totally flips right on it. And then he's like, 
Howdy, neighbor. Just move in? Yeah, last night. Harold Gorton. Hi, Roger. Roger. Well, hey, it's great to have a new neighbor. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Biggest bitch under the sun. Just a senile old hag, really. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and offed her, you know what I mean? She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Just a, a saint, really. And uh, such a beautiful woman for her age. Mm -hmm. Would you like some dinner? You, you know, you should come over, bring over the family, and we'll have a good, nice meal. And then Ryder's like, well, I don't have anyone. I'm by myself. And he's like, that's fine, too. We'll go out for burgers, go hit the bar up, you know, do whatever we need to. Uh, he seems like a nice guy. Probably doesn't have any friends. Um, probably a reason for that because he, he just blabbers everything, but that's besides the point. Um, and the whole time, like, um, this is what's kind of weird, uh, because Harold then finds out that Roger is the well-known author and whatnot. Um, f the whole time Harold's carrying around this book in his back pocket of Roger's that is completely destroyed. There's like no cover. There's like no spine to it. All the pages are just loose. And for whatever reason, I guess he's just carrying around this book in his back pocket, hoping for that one day he's going to meet Roger and be able to have his book signed. Uh, a little bit of a weird soccer-ish thing, but uh, whatever works, I guess. Um, while sitting down to write, uh, Roger has another flashback to when he was in the war. This is where we meet his uh, war buddy, Ben. Um, wish I knew the actor's name off the top of my head. Could it fact-check? Of course, we, you know, we don't do that kind of stuff around here. We just f fly, you know, shoot him by the, f the fly of our seat, whatever that phrase is. I don't think that's the right phrase. I don't think that's the right word. Uh, whatever, though. We'll just keep it and go with it. Um, but yeah, Roger and uh, Ben were more buddies, and we're going to find out later that Ben is one of the main good guys? Bad guys? Guess you have to wait and find out till the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, he... Ben doesn't like how the sergeant in the force is treating him because um, he just thinks that he likes to boss him around because he's the big oof because um, he, he's a big boy. He's a big tall boy. He doesn't look that tall in this scene, but he is a pretty big, pretty big bastard. Uh, anyways, he actually hears a grenade come into play and yells for everyone to get down. And then we see them all getting shot at because they're getting surrounded in the forest. Uh, and then we cut back to present time again. Uh, then Roger sees the reflection of his dead son outside the window. And uh, he's trying to write. And he has the TV on in the background for a while. And the TV's distracting him, so he turns the TV off. But then when he sees the reflection of his dead son in the window, and then his son's like t talking to him, Roger just points the TV remote at him and turns off the window. Um, I guess that's how that works. Because yeah i don't know uh then we hear voices coming from upstairs again so of course let's uh go upstairs and find out what's going on and uh roger's looking around doesn't see anything he's going to open the closet door but decides he's not going to he's like you know i'm just going crazy i'm just going to walk away and we're just going to leave it at that uh then he's getting ready for bed and a monster comes out of his closet and starts like scratching him um, roger gets the door shut and then next thing you know it's him in full army gear with cameras set up at the closet door pretty much like a kid who's getting ready to try and trap a monster it's definitely that inner kid aspect you know he's got the door set up he's got rope on the door so he doesn't have to get close to the door he's got all these cameras and recorders set up like feet away from the door they try and catch the monster so people will believe him um and then he's running outside 
and we see Harold just outside getting ready to walk, like walking his dog past the door, and he's just like, hey, how's it going? And uh, Roger's just like, yeah, just trying to get in the mood to write my book, that's all, just trying to get into character. Um, and then we have uh, Roger back inside at the closet door, uh, set up getting ready to attack. He has the door doorknob attached to the this long rope so he doesn't have to get close to the door so he can just pull the door open and he does it and he sees nothing at all uh, he freaks out and goes back to right and then we have uh, Harold pops in the scene and they both scare the crap out of each other uh, Harold was just being a nice neighbor and bringing over some food for him because he knows uh, Roger's a little bit stressed out with everything that's going on and yeah they just you know Harold's trying to be a good buddy Yes, he he's just a lonely guy, probably. Um, and then Roger just starts explaining to Harold how he feels the house is haunted. And he shows Harold the scratches on his chest. And that says that it's from the monster in the closet. And Harold's just like, yeah, you're crazy. Yep, you sure are. Uh, Harold then leaves the house and goes right to calling Roger's ex. And tries to tell her, like, you know what? Your husband's not taking this divorce that well. Uh, he's going crazy. Uh, you might want to come help him. You might want to do something for him. Because he, he's going crazy. Uh, after getting off the phone with Harold, uh, she tries to call Roger. Um, but he's having another flashback. Uh, another, I think it's like another war flashback. And then we, we cut back to reality again. Uh, if you want to call it that. Um, the giant swordfish that's mounted on the wall comes alive and starts flapping at uh, Roger and Roger just gets really freaked out about it. Um, he goes out to, I think, I believe it's the shed or maybe the basement and arms himself with a gun, a shotgun, and then the tools start flying at him. Uh, this house is definitely trying to kill him because you got like a shovel, we got some hedge trimmers, and other various tools that are all trying to fly at him. Um, he makes it back into the area where the, the fish is and literally just wails him with the shotgun. Just one shot. Um, instead of taking the fish down, though, he just puts up, like, a, a towel or a red blanket over top of him. Um, I would have just got rid of the fish. Just take it off the wall, throw it out somewhere, you know, just get rid of it. While Roger is in the washroom now getting ready to take his meds, uh, he hears some banging outside the door. Uh, then when he opens the door, all we see is these floating tools again that are getting ready to uh, attack him. Um, he then starts to run down the stairs, and that's when we see Sandy at the bottom of the stairs, and she's very confused. He's very confused. He's like, what are you doing here? She's like, why do you have a gun in your hand? Uh, both very good questions asked. Um, one of the, the shells drops out of the gun, uh, so she goes d down to pick it up, and when she stands up, she's actually a monster now. She's like, this, she's still wearing the the dress and has long hair but she's got like this very fat blubbery weird monster face which is a very cool prosthetic looks visually very cool it's definitely a, it's probably a piece i'm going to draw at some point in time um because something i would like to do with the podcast in my youtube videos is start making custom thumbnails so that might be something to, to work towards in the near future uh but yeah i'm getting off to topic now uh but yeah so roger sees her as the monster now uh, he's freaking out, and he literally just shoots her twice, I believe it is. Um, shoots her once, she stumbles back, and then shoots her again, and she falls right through the front door and onto the porch. Uh, he goes outside to the porch to take a look, and now she's not a monster anymore, and she's just normal dead Sandy. Um, 
Harold, of course, because he does nothing with his life and just sits at home all the time, uh, he hears the gunshots and calls the cops and like, yeah, I think my neighbor just killed himself. So we have then Roger, who's picking up Sandy off the porch, and he's he's hiding in this, I think, a little downstairs closet or washroom area. Um, and the cops show up, and he's he's pretending to just, you know, be a cool guy and pretend it was nothing. He's just sitting on the steps, just, you know, cleaning a shotgun, no big deal. It just went off by accident. I didn't know it was loaded. It could have killed me, but whatever. That's fine. Um, the cops then realize who Roger is, and it really sounds like this one cop is going to be like, hey, can I have your autograph? And the whole time, this cop's just like, hey, can I use your toilet? I got to poop. And then he's like, uh, yeah, sure, I guess you can. Uh, we then are in the kitchen where uh, Harold sneaks in because um, uh, Roger asks the cops if they want some coffee. And Harold just sneaks in. He's like, yeah, coffee would be good. Let's have some coffee. Um, they're all sitting around the table. And Harold goes to pick up two shells that fell underneath the table. And Robert... Roger uh, talks his way out of it, and he's just like, you know, I was just cleaning the gun, just wasn't doing anything, no big deal, I'm not, I'm not crazy, I'm not trying to kill myself or anyone else, I'm just, you know, the gun's here, just trying to clean it. Um, while in the house, uh, getting ready to ch check the uh, closet Sandy Monster, uh, is it the Sandy Monster? I guess it wouldn't be the Sandy Monster, because Sandy's the other... Um, yeah, it would be Sandy. Yeah, it's the Sandy Monster. Uh, comes out behind him and smashes him in the head. And uh, uh, Rogers gets knocked down to the ground. And he's trying to escape. And he goes to the door where the, the hovering tools are. And he uses... As soon as he opens the door, the tools go attack. And they actually attack Sandy in her monster form. And that's like one of the final blows to put her down. But she's not actually down. Uh, she's just... Every time she gets like attacked... We have, like, her out for, like, five minutes, probably. Uh, and then we cue in this nice music montage of Roger getting ready to bury the monster. And then uh, his female neighbor, Tanya, I believe is her name, uh, she's using the pool because apparently that's something she used to do. She used to always just come over and chill in the pool. No big deal, right? Uh, well, bitch, uh, Miss Hooper is dead. Now it's my house, so stop using my pool. How about you do that, huh? How about you, how about you stop using the pool to help my uh, my permission? Uh, but yeah, the whole time Roger has the monster versus Sandy in this like tarp, and he's trying to take her out to the backyard to bury her. And the whole time the hands like coming out of the tarp, trying to grab his leg, and he's just trying to kick it underneath the tarp. And Tanya doesn't notice anything because she's just a ditzy blonde character. And then she finally leaves. She's like, okay, well I'll come have fun with you later. Uh, yeah sure cool just go away um but yeah, after she's gone uh roger beats up the body some more and uh he actually has an axe in hand now and he's like thinking he's like huh do i bury this body whole or do i bury it in pieces well we then see that the backyard has about 20 25 various small dugout spots where uh it's a random body part everywhere roger is back in aside at the pool uh, in the middle of the night and we see the neighbor's dog standing in the backyard with one of the monster's hands and mouth uh, this and uh, Harold's dog is a real pain in the ass you know first it's knocking over garbage now it's coming in our backyard digging up the monster that we just buried it's being a real pain in the ass um, he finally gets the, the piece back and then we hear a knock at the door and it's the Tanya showing up and she brought over her son Robert for whatever reason 
uh, come out to find out the whole reason that she did that is because she needed someone to watch her son. Uh, so you literally just met this guy earlier, and you're like, hey, I got a date. I don't have a babysitter, though. I'm going to let some stranger in a creepy old house watch my kid, you know? Whatever works for you, I guess. That's great parenting. That's 100% great parenting. Um, but yeah, Roger, for whatever reason, decides to watch Robert. Uh, he puts him down down for the night, and he's sitting at his de desk to work on his book a little bit. And then he, we have another memory of his time in the war. It's just another flashback from the war. It's not really anything major happens. And then next thing we know, we have uh, Roger who has to save Robert from getting pulled up into the chimney because the monsters are coming back and they're you know trying to to kidnap Robert as well because we believe that Jimmy was kidnapped by the monsters. Um, Roger uh, saves Robert from getting kidnapped though, and then next thing you know, his uh, mom shows up. Roger's just like, yeah. We had a great night. Uh, nothing weird happened at all. Uh, don't worry about it at all. Uh, if he tells you any weird stories about monsters, don't believe it. Um, then we have Harold who's coming over and asking you know, how he can help. So uh, Rod Roger asks if he uh, has ever hunted before. And he's trying to act like it's a raccoon in the closet. And next thing we know, uh, we are opening up the closet and the monster pops up and... Harold is definitely not prepared for this. He was expecting a raccoon and has no idea what the hell is going on. Um, but he goes to shoot at it anyways. And I think it might have been the harpoon gun he was using because there's a rope attached. Anyways, the monster goes back in the closet and Roger's foot gets stuck in the rope. So Roger starts to get uh, pulled into the closet as well. Uh, then we have Roger who's back into the military days. Uh, he, he's back, he's back with Ben at this point, and Ben's laying on the ground, uh, he's all injured, and Ben's like, just kill me, just kill me now, and, uh, Roger's like, you know, I can't do it, I'm gonna go get help, um, so he, as he's going to go get help, uh, Ben starts getting dragged away by the enemy, and the whole time this is happening, uh, Ben is cursing and swearing at Roger, saying he's gonna get his revenge, and as Roger's running through the bushes, getting shot at by the army, um, he actually runs right back through the closet door. And then we have the next scene would be Roger. He's going to check on the last painting that his aunt was working on. Uh, there's a towel on the top left corner. So he goes to move that and he sees the reflection of a kid in the mirror. Uh, so he runs back in the washroom to check and ends up breaking the vanity mirror, which opens in up into this like black uh, universal portal. Uh, Roger then gets grabbed by a bunch of various monster hands and he's trying to uh, suck him in. Uh, he, he's fighting off the monsters though with uh, the straight razor that's on the sink. And he finally gets away from that. Uh, then Roger has a great idea of going into the portal to look for Jimmy while uh, he runs into various small time monsters uh, that he's avoiding. Then we have Roger who's climbing out of the water and comes across um, Jimmy. So at this point he's climbing out of the water which is now back into the war era area because we once he's coming out of the water he sees his son Jimmy stuck in like a bamboo cage and I guess he's been stuck there his whole time he doesn't age at all or at least maybe this stuff all happened in a very short period of time I don't know um, but yeah he's stringing his son out of the cage and then they go back into the water and next thing you know they're coming out of the pool they're coming out of their pool in the home so they're I don't know the time period or like the time warp between uh, reality and this other universe or whatever it might be. 
Um, but yeah, they're coming out of the pool of the backyard. Uh, while walking into the house, though, uh, we open the door and we see a zombified version of Ben, uh, still fully decked out in his army gear. And uh, Ben's been doing this for revenge because uh, he holds a grudge towards Roger because he feels like uh, Roger let him down. Um, he was dying anyways, but the fact that the uh, the enemy got a hold of him, they, that just does not suit well with Ben. Um, Roger then tries to send Jimmy out of the house to get help, uh, as Ben is still trying to kill him. Uh, Roger then uh, goes to escape, goes into the washroom, the, like locks the door and hides, and then he hops out the bathroom window and goes along the roof just just in time, because Ben was like almost right behind him, almost grabbed him by the ankles and could have ripped him off that roof, but he doesn't. Uh, he makes it back into the house through the attic windows. And as he's going through, like trying to sneak through the house, uh, Ben just comes out of a room and just starts wailing on him. Uh, Roger tries to fight back because, you know, um, that's what you do. If you're getting attacked by a zombie soldier, you just gotta fight back. But uh, his shots aren't doing anything. Not at all. Uh, to the point where Ben is pretty much insulting him. Like, you know, you hit like a pussy. You hit like a girl. You know, this and that. He's throwing various things at him and nothing's happening. And then... Uh, ben pushes him down the stairs, and they say they start fighting. But uh, like I said, Roger's hits are doing nothing. Uh, Roger goes to escape out the door, and that's when he almost falls to his death because when he opens the front door to escape, uh, there's no there's no ground there. Where it's actually just looks like the house is on a cliff, and it's just a rocky cliff with the water splashing up against it. Um, while hanging on the edge of the cliff, though, of the house. Um, He's undoing his belt, and he whips his belt up, and it luckily wraps right around uh, Ben's wrist. And just with one shot, Roger just pulls Ben off, and Ben falls into the water in the rocky cliff. Uh, then we have Roger making himself back up into the house, and he hears Jimmy calling for him. Uh, he's running through the house to find Jimmy. Then once he turns around the corner... Uh, Jimmy's actually being held in the air by Ben. That's when Roger then starts having, you know, a real man moment. A real uh, reality check, I guess you could say. Um, he starts just, you know, believing in himself. He's like, you have no power over me. You're nothing. I'm not as scared of you. You're just an imaginary monster. You know, it's it's the whole point of him coming to reality of n losing fear over something that he has no control over, I guess you could say. Uh, he's definitely... Which then causes Ben to get very, very angry. Um, uh, Roger takes Jimmy out of his hands. and Because Roger's not f afraid or scared of Ben at all. Ben has no power over him. So then Ben gets so angry to the point where... Um, he, I don't know. I guess he might maybe explodes. Um and then we have Sandy pulling up in a taxi at the whole at the same point that the house is now on fire because it just the top floor just exploded. Um, and then we have Roger and Ben who are walking out of the house like badasses while the house is on fire. And we also have the neighbors there just looking on and like, oh shit, there goes the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, as Sandy's pulling up and she's looking at the house in shock and fear as it's on fire. Uh, Jimmy runs down to her, and then we just have Jimmy in his mom's arms, and they're just crying together, and it's a you know a happy family moment. That's the end of the movie. 
Uh, it's definitely a really good movie. It's really fun. Uh, I do look forward to watching. Uh, I think there's part two and three. There might be a fourth one, but I don't think so. I could be wrong though. And obviously, check at all to see yet. But uh, definitely a good movie. Um, out of ten, I would give it a seven point five. I think it's well worth it. Um, effects wise, is really nice. Uh, I like that the whole movie just takes her place around the house. It could be a little bit more backstory to it or whatnot, but because what affects um, Roger is the fact that Ben is cursing him because Ben feels like he needs revenge because he was left to die. But at the same time, it seems like Ben's or Roger's aunt has some issues as well because it feels like something might have been cursing her as well. Maybe it was just Ben. But I don't I don't understand why Ben would be affecting his aunt as well. But maybe that's just maybe I'm just trying to read more into it than there is. Um, special effects though I think are very nice. Um, the prosthetics on the Monster Sandy version, as well as Ben in his zombified army form, very cool. Looks very nice. A lot of cool details. Uh, so yeah, I definitely highly recommend it. And you can actually watch it free on YouTube. Um, so that's always a plus, you know, who can say no to free movies on YouTube? The quality's not, you know, spectacular, but it's the quality that was when it first came out. It's no high definition remaster or anything like that, but it's still a great movie and definitely an easy, fun watch. So I definitely highly recommend it. Uh, which brings us to our next movie we're going to watch for uh, next week's episode. Uh, it's been a while since I watched this one as well. Uh, we're going to watch the original 1980 Prom Night. So that should be a fun one. So yeah, as always, if you guys haven't seen it before, uh, down in the description below for this episode, I'll have the link for the trailer. You can definitely check that out. And it's also free to watch on YouTube as well. So uh, there's no excuse to not watch it because it's free. So you can't go around free movies. So as always, if you guys enjoy this movie, or uh, this review, I should say, uh, feel free to, wherever you're listening to this, uh, leave a follow, subscribe, whatever it might be. Leave a thumbs up. Um, feel free to share it with everyone or anyone. Uh, every little bit helps me. I appreciate it all. And feel free to leave some comments down below. I would love to hear what your thoughts on the movie. And yeah, be a fun time. As always, you can follow me on all socials at TyphonSign. Uh, links will be down in the description as well with my link tree. So you can find my Twitch, my YouTube, my Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Because we are doing a minimum of two videos a week on youtube for gaming content uh rebuilding my playstation 2 catalog so that's fun i'm going to be doing a bunch of videos on that console as well so yeah i definitely highly recommend checking out it's going to be some fun times uh yeah until next time i'll talk to you guys all later peace bye bye